Um, well, welcome to the table. My name is Sydney. I get to serve as the college and young adult pastor here at the Vista, and I am just super excited to be with you guys. And if this is your first time, we're so glad that you're here with us. Um, and you don't know this, but this is a new structure that we're doing here at the table. We don't normally sit around tables like this, but we felt like it made sense to move into this transition and have tables at the table. And also what young adult ministry is so much about is building community and connecting with people in a similar season of life. And so this is such a better way to do it when you are sitting around a table and sharing a meal with people and having conversations rather than just sitting in rows and listening to someone up here. So I hope that this is exciting to you guys. Some of you might be a little nervous, but bear with us. I think it's going to be really rewarding and fruitful. So as we were thinking about what we were going to study this semester here at the table, um, we just thought it would be a good place to start is to start in Genesis in the beginning of the Bible as we start the beginning of a new year and the beginning of a new structure here. So that's where we're going to be. We're going to, over the next, the, over the semester, we're going to be in Genesis 1 through 3. Um, and I, I think that these chapters are some of the most familiar chapters of the Bible, but some that we really misunderstand. And they're also some of the most important chapters because it's about our origin and it's about um, who God is and who God says we are. And so it's very important that we understand the beginning of scripture well before we enter into the rest of scripture. And so let's go ahead and start in chapter one. You can go ahead and turn there, be up on the screen for you to follow along. And we're going to read the whole thing and a tiny bit of chapter two. So it's kind of a lot, but I feel like it's important to go ahead and just immerse ourselves in this story. And so you can follow on the screen or in your Bibles, or if you want to just close your eyes and receive this story and just imagine yourself in the creation narrative. So chapter one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse between the water, separating water from water. So God made the expanse, separating the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse. And it was so, God called the expanse sky. Evening came in the morning, the second day. Then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so, God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the water he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And it was so, the earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came and then morning the third day. Then God said, let there be light in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. They will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater to rule over the day and the lesser to rule over the night, as well as the stars. 
God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, to rule the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Evening came, and then morning, the fourth day. Then God said, let the water swarm with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged creature according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters of the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and then morning the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kind, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and livestock, the the whole earth, and the creatures will crawl on the ground. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all of the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky, for every creature that crawls on the ground, everything having breath of life in it. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that all, all he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all the work of creation. All right, so for the first table discussion, I want y'all to talk about if you think that the six days of creation was literal or not. Ready? Just kidding. I'm not going to make you do that. But you can feel the tension, right? Because I think when we read this text, this is a lot of what we focus on is, man, what is this text really about? Is it literal or not? Do we believe in evolution or science? Maybe you've been taught that if you don't believe that in the six days of creation, and if you don't believe that they're literal, then you don't believe the whole Bible is true. And maybe so some of this is sounding familiar to you, and maybe some of you are here, and you're like, this is weird, I just came to meet friends, and this is why I think Christians are weird. Um, but I think this story is in the beginning of the Bible for a very important reason, and I don't think it's here to tell us all about science or give us the details, the specific details of where we come from. Because first of all, I want us to remember that scripture wasn't written to us. Genesis wasn't written specifically to the people in this room, and neither was the rest of the Bible, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't written for us. Scripture is still for us, um, and God can speak directly to us through God's word, but there was an original audience that this word was intended for. And so the original audience here 
is the ancient Israelites, God's chosen people. And it was to help them understand who God was and who they were. And I truly believe if we downplay this story in trying to understand literally the beginning, then we're undermining the importance of the beginning of scripture. We're downplaying the magnitude of who God is and what God is trying to reveal to us through this text. So I'm not up here tonight to solve for you if this text is historical facts or myth or science, but what I'm here to tell you is that this is truth. This is truth about who God is, why God made the world, and what our role is in it. And I think that's the most important thing that we can get out of this text. So this story tells us God created this world with good intentions and allowed us to dwell in it. God wants relationship with us. We see this here. God wants to display his character to the world through us as his image bearers, which we'll talk more about a little bit. But I want to go back and read the first three verses again, the very first three verses of scripture, and see what we can find out about what is in the very beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So there's three things that we notice, three people that we notice in the beginning of Scripture. We notice that God is here, that the Spirit of God is here, and that the Word of God is here. And I think this is really important because then when we go and, um, we, well, we first also notice that who wasn't here? Us. We weren't there at the very beginning because we're finite, right? And so if we weren't at the beginning, then how do we know about the beginning? Does that mean if we weren't there that this is all a lie, what we have written down here? How do we know about this if humans weren't in the beginning? So now I want to look at John 1.1. You can turn there, it'll be up on the screen, but it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a little bit further down in the Gospel of John, in verse, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. So the Word that was there in the beginning became flesh. The word is Jesus. So Jesus has been a part of the story from the beginning of time. The Trinity has always existed. And I think that's a really important truth to hold on to. And even looking at Revelation 19, 13, it says, and talking about the end, it says, he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. So Jesus is at the beginning, and the word is going to be at the end, Jesus as well. And so I think what this teaches us is how we are supposed to receive this text. What is our posture when we approach the beginning? And how how do we know something was spoken here? How do we have that? Well, how do we know anything is spoken? How do we know any word is spoken? We listen and we receive 
Jesus, the Son, the Word, teaches us our posture, and that is to listen and to receive. You see, we're in the, in the middle of this giant story of mystery and love and sacrifice, and we weren't at the beginning, and we don't have control over the end, so we're sitting here in the middle. And from the very beginning in this creation story, we're taught our posture, and that is to receive the Word. And so, we can understand that God is our ultimate authority and sustainer of life and all creation. And we don't have to be in control. And we don't have to be God. And that is good news. Whether you can believe that fully right now or not, I like to be in control. But the fact that we are not in control is good news and the greatest gift And so for our first discussion, um, I want you guys to talk about what surprises you about the beginning. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this story. Maybe it's the first time you've read this story in a really long time and something new stood out to you. Um, Maybe you heard it in a different way. And then do you struggle with wanting to know the answers to the specifics of where we came from? Is this literal? And that's okay if that's how you think. I just want to talk about it. Um, And then how do you do with the posture of receiving? So receiving this text, receiving scripture, but also how do you do with receiving in life in general? Letting go of control and being able to receive. Um, If you're familiar with our Vista Rule of Life, the very first prayer we're supposed to pray in the morning is the prayer to receive God's love. Um, And that is a gift to be in that posture of receiving. And so y'all can start talking at your tables. Are y'all ready? Or you need a little bit more time? Ready? Well, we have a little bit more. You can go back to it. I know I asked, I'm sorry. It was, it's like, mm. All right. So, we have to receive Jesus to understand the beginning and have hope for the end. But because we are human, And we have responsibility in the middle, which brings us back to verse 27, day six of creation, says, so God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. So God made a lot, and it also, later on, then it says, um, and he made them very good indeed. And so God made a lot of things that he declared good throughout creation. But the one time he says that it is very good is when he gets to creating us. And I think that's so cool, the fact that God um, cares so much about his creatures. And it's a really big deal. Uh, We talked about this before at the table, but that God created humans in his image. Because remember, the audience that this was originally written to were the ancient Israelites. And so they were living in response to the Ten Commandments, and that meant that they couldn't have any image of God, any physical image that they were worshiping. And so they knew that God could not be any idol or cast image. And so although they might have been told this story before, it might have been passed down to them by oral tradition, or or if this was the first time they were hearing it, 
this was an empowering message to them because they realize that God is imaged here on earth, and that is through us. That's through the person sitting next to you. So the story of their origin is empowering. You see, fixed images and idols that were a part of their time, that people were worshiping in their days, had no power, they had no freedom, and they were not relational. But this story reminds us that we are, and your neighbor is, and we get to be a glimpse of who God is here on earth, because humans help others understand the image of God because we are free and we have the power to rule. As we see, God declares to rule over the earth. And then this was also a message of hope. The Israelites were used to, being, to hearing about people in authority and power, kings, being told that they were gods or made in the image of God. That was a very normal language for people of power to use. And so to hear that all people bared the image of God was a really big deal. It was incredible news for them. It made them feel like they mattered when they felt lost and forgotten. And God is saying here through this story about their origin that you matter. You are created in my image and I am giving all people authority to rule the earth. And all people are important and reflect who I am. And so for our next discussion, we are, if you want to read verse 27 through 31, again, you can as, your, as a table. And then what do you think our responsibility is as image bearers of God? What does this text mean to you? And how does this affect how you view yourself and others? And how should being reminded of this truth change the way that you live? So go ahead and talk about it. All right, so we're going to wrap up and then have some time to respond, but um, I hope you've had good conversations at your table, and I just want to conclude by drawing our attention to how the creation narrative ends, and that is in Sabbath, and as John Mark Comer would say, if anyone's going through Practicing the Way, our small group is doing it right now, but John Mark Comer says to stop rest, delight, and worship. That's what Sabbathing is. And we are called into this pattern as well. Um, Responsibility for caring for creation. You see God creating for six days, and then on the seventh day, he rests, and he stops, and he delights, and he worships. So taking a day to release control, and to remember, and to receive who we are and whose we are. So my challenge to you is to delight in God, our creator, and to delight in creation, um, a lot of the creation that we just read about, but also think about how you can incorporate this pattern into your life of work and rest as image bearers of God. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for you and for you being our creator and just being so amazing and intentional with how you designed this world and how you designed us. And we're thankful that you um, 
that you're in control and that we can surrender to you and that um, we just get to receive your love, that there is nothing that we can do to earn it, but we get to receive the sacrifice of Jesus dying on the cross for us. And there's hope for the end. And God, I pray that we would also realize that we have great responsibility here while we're still in the middle of the story and that you would give us vision for what you're calling each of us into, whether it's physically caring for the land, for the dirt, or whether it's caring for our neighbor or our coworker. God, give us a vision for the responsibility that you're calling us into. We love you and we're thankful for you and it's in your name, amen.